Welcome back to MLEX's podcast, the first for 2023. I'm James Paniki, and it's great to have your company today. Now, to kick off the year, we thought we'd do something a bit different. In the very last days of 2022, we asked members of our editorial team to spend a few minutes talking into a microphone, reflecting not so much on the year that was, but pondering what lies ahead. Our plan is to slide those stream of consciousness reflections into your feed over coming weeks, confident that you'll find plenty in them to fire up your imagination. And what better place to start than the hometown of MLEX's origin story, Brussels. It's from there that our editor-in-chief has been pondering what the near future holds for big tech, both in the EU and globally. Here's Lewis Crofts. Every year I've been doing this job, it's been a truism to say, Next year will be a big year. It will be a big year for big tech. And that's probably true this time around as well. The landscape's changing for big tech quite seriously. There's a load of new legislation being uh, cooked up around the world. And there's loads of separate antitrust cases and private lawsuits. It's as, it's as furious as it's ever been, to be honest. Um, I think the big difference for next year is everyone's been waiting to see Uh, which of this new legislation really starts to to bite. So the EU spent most of last year trying to adopt the Digital Markets Act, which it's done successfully. Next year, it will will really start to um, force these companies to start uh, admitting that they're gatekeepers, discussing with the regulator what that means for changing their access to data or changing access to app stores and so forth. Why is that important? Because, well, legislation over the other side of the Atlantic in the US appears to have, at least at the time of speaking, not come onto the books. So, you know, the EU legislation about app stores and about self-preferencing is really the the, the major show in town. Uh, The US appears to have, have missed that boat. Uh, at the same time, we've got um, similar legislation over in Korea, which will start to bite. So um, that's for the legislative landscape. At the same time, there's a bunch of cases. Uh, there are you know, cases into uh, antitrust cases, I mean, into Apple, into Meta, into Google. Uh, Amazon was just wrapped up by the European Commission uh, at the end of 2022. Um, there'll be some pressure to get some of these done. Uh, to show that antitrust law still has um, a role alongside some of this new legislation, or indeed, if the legislation is not there in whatever country you're in, that antitrust law can still tackle some of these problems. So I think, you know, big tech, another big year. I think internationally also the Inflation Reduction Act is going to be big. So this is this, you know, huge US uh, bill that includes some subsidies which should help the production of electric vehicles. The EU doesn't like it, Japan doesn't like it, Korea doesn't like it, the UK doesn't like it because they fear that it's going to mean companies will, you know, move shift production over to the US. Uh, basically, everyone said we don't want a subsidy war, but that's exactly what looks like it is going to happen. The EU has said we're going to tweak our own subsidy rules in, in, in January 2023. Um, at the same time, new rules are coming in around the world to screen foreign investments. Uh, we're seeing more intervention in things like mergers on the grounds of security. There's a sort of a general feeling of scepticism around foreign deals and foreign investment. Uh, the UK and its new Brexit powers is, is blocking all kinds of um, acquisitions. So I think the, 
general feeling of protectionism around or scepticism often cloaked in the word resilience uh, around international trade flows is going to be um, a, a big point of friction between the major economies uh, for 2023. I think probably the biggest thing on uh, the global uh, regulatory plate will be high prices. High prices traditionally sort of uh, 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 down to macroeconomic pressures such as inflation and obviously the conflict in Ukraine and things like the sort of, you know, COVID um, after effects and that are still going on in Asia. Those high prices um, have governments shouting at regulators to say, what can you do about them? High prices for food, obviously high prices for energy, um, high prices for petrol and regulators generally, it's not good enough for them to turn around to their governments to say, well, actually, this is about a macroeconomic thing. It's not really for us. They should be looking at it. They need to find a way to look at it. Often saying inflationary pressures shouldn't be used as a mask, as a disguise for doing nasty anti-competitive things. So I think that's going to be that's going to be a big deal in a similar vein. As you see these transformations in economies, you've got lots of companies saying if we're going to change our behavior, we need to do it to promote the shift to green. Uh, we've talked about digital, but shift to green technologies, green sources of energy. So if you have high prices, can we help? Can we subsidize? Can we help companies move to buying um, other kinds of energy, making other kinds of energy? Now, what regulators around the world and places like Japan and the Netherlands are looking at, to what extent can you allow these sustainability initiatives to be a, um, a vehicle for companies to uh, talk together and to cooperate so they can make a bigger, faster paradigm shift to these new cleaner technologies. Obviously, when companies are talking together, that risks um, them talking about prices and talking about things they shouldn't be talking about. And so I think that will be that is definitely a focus. It's, it's quite esoteric at the moment. It's quite theoretical. Because, you know, frankly, most of this stuff can happen without companies talking about prices, but it's taking up a lot of regulators time is to set the right framework to say to, to encourage people to make these shifts to new technologies, greener technologies um, at a time when there's so much turbulence in the global economy. I think there's probably two other areas I just keep an eye on for next year. One is is cartels. Now, it used to be the bread and butter of enforcers. It's now um not pursued very much at all. And there are a number of reasons for that. You could say they've been very successful and quite simply that the cartelists um, don't risk it anymore. Or you could say they've gone underground and they're smarter about not getting caught. But I think uh, there's, it's, it's clearly drying up cartel enforcement. Uh, the German uh, regulator had 24 million in fines in 2022, which is you know not that much really in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, at least they're still doing cases. Other people, other regulators have seen that really, really fall off. Part of that is to do with the fact that whistleblowers don't want to come forward anymore because they fear not what the regulator's going to do, but what the private plaintiffs are going to do in court afterwards and sue them for many more millions than those 24 that have been paid out. So I think unpicking that, regulators are thinking about it. What are the incentives to keep whistleblowers coming in, but it's a global it's a global game now. If you're fixing prices, you're probably fixing them in more than one country, and so the regulators will you know continue to think about how they can together ensure that the incentives around the world are aligned 
for people to come in and rat out cartels. And finally, I think there's a, there's a big change happening in the UK where you see you know, class actions, what they call collective actions, are taking off very, very intensely uh, against all the tech companies, against any cartel, and now moving into areas such as uh, water quality, so sort of non, not traditional price abuses, but um, other more creative theories behind them. Uh, you know, the UK wanted to create a, a regime that wasn't liable to the excesses of the US regime and litigious regime. Uh, they're still making baby steps, and every single case seems to, you know, puts an, puts another you know bit of bit of color on the painting about how the whole system is going to work but it is it is it is very much a movable feast there and keeping an eye on how the uk evolves as a forum for class actions i think will be key in 2023 that was mlex editor-in-chief lewis crofts with his reflections on what this new year is likely to bring lewis of course is based in brussels and he recorded that segment in the dying days of 2022 and we'll be sending out more new year reflections over coming days and weeks so keep an eye out on your feed. If you're not already a subscriber to MLEX's podcast, this may be the time to consult your podcast platform of choice, including iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Stitcher. At our website, you'll find an archive of podcasts from the past few years, along with the very best reporting and analysis from MLEX's journalists around the world. Our web address is mlexmarketinsight.com. That's M-L-E-X marketinsight.com. Just click on the News Hub tab. And that's it for today. The podcast is produced and presented by me, James Paniki, and from everyone here at MLEX and LexisNexis, thank you for your company. Bye for now.